Interested parties may make inputs about the bill until the 1st of December this year. The bill criminalizes hate crimes and hate speech. The proposed bill will elevate already existing crimes like assault to hate crimes if the offence is motivated by unlawful bias, prejudice or intolerance. And for more on this, we're on the line to Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, John Jeffrey. A very good uh, afternoon to you, Deputy Minister, and thank you very much for speaking to us. Perhaps let me start with um, what brought this about. Is it these uh, recent incidents or what some have even said is escalation of uh, hate crime and hate speech. Yeah, good, good afternoon to, to people. Um, the, as you correctly said, the bill is in two parts. It's, it's elevating existing crimes into hate crimes, but then it does create a new crime of hate speech, which previously was only covered in civil law in the Promotion of Equality Act. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working on, on a hate crimes bill for some time, uh, but after the explosion almost as it were, or or, um, the continued uh, expressions of of, um, racist views on social media towards the end of last year, it was decided to add hate speech into the crime, into the bill as well. Uh, So that's that's roughly the origins of the bill. Mm. And just talk to us exactly about, uh, when we talk about hate crimes and hate speech, what are we talking about here? Because I, I know you say that a hate crime, for instance, is committed if a person commits any recognized offense that is a common law or statutory offense. Yeah. So what exactly are we referring to? And does it take into consideration um, racial Attitudes, because that too, some may argue, subliminal as it might be, may actually be offensive to someone, no matter how much you coach it in terms that you feel are not obvious. Mm. Look, the as far as a hate crime, as, as, as you've correctly said, it's an existing crime. Uh, the example that I quite like using is that you throw a brick at a mosque, uh, it's malicious injury to property. Uh, if the state can prove, and it's the state that has to prove, uh, that you threw the, the brick at the mosque because you don't like Muslims, it then becomes a hate crime. And it is then elevated. It's more serious as a, as a crime. Uh, so that's but, but the test of, of determining, it's, it's for the state to prove uh, that the motive uh, was, was because of dislike of the, the group, the person, the victim belonged to. Hmm. And I know I'm so as being... far as as far sorry just to, to sorry to interrupt you but just on the issues of subliminal racism the the complainant would then have to prove uh, that that the crime was motivated by uh, uh, the the, um, the what the um, the accused thought of their race hmm. and this is the difficulty for some people which is what I was getting to the attitudinal aspect of it that. For instance, you walk into a shop and uh, you're of a different race, but you're ignored by the person that's supposed to serve you, but they serve somebody else of a, a different race. And some may say it's a matter of perception, but in some places, uh, you know, it's something that's so deeply entrenched that people don't even think that there's anything wrong with it. Sure. Look, let me just be quite clear. This is not South Africa's, or we don't, we're not proposing that this bill is South Africa's answer to racism. Uh, this is only one campaign and uh, one component in the fight against racism. 
uh, and in that it is is um, ensuring that there are consequences if you if you commit a crime because of race or to a racist motivation or um, you say something racist, you won't be able to get out of it by simply saying I'm sorry. Mm. Um, but this is not the the sole answer. I mean, obviously, racism in South Africa is uh, has a number of of, of um, motivating factors behind it, issues of, of economic, the, the distribution of economic power, uh, those kinds of, of issues. Uh, so we've got to look at a wide range of other programs. There is the National Action Plan on, on uh, racism, racial intolerance, etc., which was out for public comment and then is being reworked. But just to make clear that this, this bill is, is, we're not proposing it's the answer to racism in South Africa. It's not. It is just one small component of, of the fight against racism in ensuring that there will be consequences for what people say. So when you talk about the base offences, for instance, uh, committed against victims, you also mention uh, physical and emotional integrity impugning thereof of any person and sometimes that is also very difficult when one person says their feelings are hurt it's very difficult sometimes to make the next person take responsibility for that it's often then thrown back to the victim to say well that is your problem you should own the fact that you feel like your integrity emotional integrity has been impugned Mm-hmm. Yes, and and because this is a this is creating crimes, it's basically the state, uh, the prosecution that have to lead the evidence uh, that all the elements of the crime were there, uh, and 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 are there. Uh, that is also why we've we've given the power to decide whether can be prosecuted for hate speech or hate crimes to the Director of Public Prosecutions. That's effectively uh, the provincial head of prosecution, although some provinces are divided into more than one region, like Gauteng has two. Um, but but we've, we've elevated the decision-making process to a higher level of prosecutor, and it's ultimately going to be for the courts to decide. And that's also why we've elevated it to um, hate crimes and hate speech can't be heard in terms of the bill in the magistrate's courts. They would start in the regional court, which is a higher level. Mm. Um, they can be heard in the regional court or the high court. And it's also one to, to elevate the seriousness of the crime, but also to have uh, judicial officers who may be more experienced uh, in interpreting uh, the evidence that is before them. Uh, you've also said that uh, you've drafted the bill through a thorough study of other similar pieces of legislation internationally, including those in Kenya, Canada and Australia. So what did you glean, especially when it comes to issues of nationality, gender identity, HIV status, albinism, intersex and occupation or trade? Um, yeah, well, look, those are, um, those are the listed characteristics which are quite specific to South Africa. Uh, occupational trade uh, is particularly there for the protection of, of sex workers uh, who may get killed simply uh, or attacked simply because they're sex workers. Um, albinism is, is, is a, um, or attacks on albinos are, it seems to be, they seem to be increasing in South Africa. So that list is, is, is South Africa specific. I think the key issue is, is that we're not the first country to introduce legislation on hate speech and hate crimes. Uh, many other countries have done it. We've looked at their experiences. Uh, we've then tried to come up with a bill that's suitable for, for South Africa. But let me also just say that the comment period is very important. It's, it's quite short at this stage. 
um, just over a month. Uh, then comments will be looked at. The bill will, will be reworked if necessary and go back to Cabinet. And then it will be introduced into Parliament. And in Parliament, there will be a more extensive uh, comment period and including public hearings. But obviously, we'd like to take uh, a bill in the best form to Parliament. And, and that's why it is important for people to, to read the bill and to, to make comment and make suggestions. Thank you so much for taking the time to go through it with us. Uh, Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, John Jeffrey.